Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Tim and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns, No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, and she is Tam. Hey. And that is what it sounds like when it's at the end of the season, right, Tam? <laughs> that is definitely a end of the season. Hey. But it was oh more like goodness. a hey. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like just exhaustion, just complete exhaustion. The season has finally come to the end. What an amazing run, huh? Renee, all I got to say is hey. <laughs> <laughs> How was your weekend overall, though, Tam? My weekend was excellent. My Saturday, I hung out with my friend, you know, my oldest friend in the world, the one that I told you guys about a couple of weeks ago, who all she wants to do is shop. Well, I hung out with her and two of my other friends. Um, it was one of their birthdays. So we met for brunch. And then guess what? We ended up in a boutique because all my friend wants to do is shop. I just want to say this. How do you go to Target and you spend an hour and a half looking at Christmas decorations. I need somebody to explain to me an hour and a half looking at Christmas decorations in Target. Well, that's, that's a long time, Tam. Oh my goodness, women and shopping. <laughs> and I dropped the mic on that. Yeah, you, no kidding. Oh, you, you would know you're a woman. So uh, <laughs> I think it's a little bit easier if I just keep my mouth shut on that point. I have to admit my weekend was a little all over the place. And um, of course, I just want to let all the, the fans of All Turns No Breaks know this, uh, and if you didn't know, I've come home to Texas, which is where I'm originally from, and I was able to visit some family, Tam, and I tell you something, uh, it, it, it's been really, really awesome to come home and visit family. I think I've eaten so much Mexican food, it's I, I feel like I'm turning into a plate of enchiladas, beans, and rice, I swear to God, it's I, I've, I've literally eaten so much Mexican food. But you know what? In LA, and you know this, Tam, I don't eat a whole lot of Mexican food. You know, I, I've gotten caught up into eating so much of the other stuff that LA kind of really has because it's so diverse when it comes to, you know, different cultures of food. But uh, but it's just been really awesome to visit family and just kind of see old friends. And But I always made time and I knew I was going to make time for that NASCAR race. So I was like, even though football is football, and I have to say, my Cowboys are 9-1 and one now, and now we're going to play Thanksgiving. But I had to make time for that NASCAR race. I was like, there's no way I'm, I'm missing that. Okay, I got a question for you. Seeing how you are a Mexican from Texas, do you guys eat Tex-Mex? Uh, yeah, we do eat Tex-Mex down here. Because it's totally different than regular Mexican. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Tex-Mex is a little bit different. And uh, I, I tell you something, it, it, it's weird because Mexicans and the, the Latin culture in uh, on the West Coast in, in Los Angeles, they do not like the Tex-Mex Mexican food. And uh, the Mexicans here in Texas, they don't like the Mexican food over there in Los Angeles or anywhere in California. And I, I think it's just because there are some plates that are completely different and they're not the same. And I kind of had to learn the, the, the hard way a little bit. But uh, it's just that the, the dishes are made differently and the cultures are just a little bit different, I guess, from the West Coast to Texas. So I can understand it because now I've lived in both places, but I have learned to uh, appreciate the uh, Mexican food on the West Coast. 
as well as here in Texas in the Tex-Mex Mexican food that I'm used to and that I grew up on. So I'm a little biased. But other than that, I really do like both. I've come to learn to enjoy both. I'm trying to figure out a way to, to say this. I'll try to do this quickly and as efficiently as I can. Texas was also a part of Mexico at one point. And we are just as close to the border of Mexico, but just on a different side border. If you go down to Laredo and down towards the valley that way of Texas, the border of, of Mexico is still there. Even if you go to towards El Paso, I mean, you could literally stand on the side of Texas in El Paso and look across and still see the country of Mexico. I don't think that that has really much to do with it uh, because Mexico still borders not only California, but also still borders uh, Texas. I just think because of the maybe of where California and the Mexican border is and the Mexican border and the Texas border is, is just different. I don't know. I, I really, I really don't know the, the deep history on that. So I, I, I don't know why the food is so different. I just think over the years, it's just changed and evolved differently because Number one, it's California, and number two, it's it's Texas, and we just we just make things differently here in Texas than they do in California. Okay, well, we'll leave it at that, and I'm sure our listeners are like, "What are they talking yeah. about?" Yes, and we went down a whole rabbit hole of talking about <laughs> Mexican food. I know. Actually, if there's anybody out there who's actually has a, a Mexican uh, descent of of culture. Uh, if, if you'd like to chime in on that, please let us know. And I, I would love to be enlightened because uh, that's just that's just the way I see it. I don't know if anybody else has has an insight on that history. Please let let us know. So, so let's jump into some NASCAR talk because after all, that's what we're here for. How about that Homestead Miami? How about that Jimmy Johnson? How about wow. that? Wow. Yeah, you know, and I know I I called it, and uh, by no means am I gonna sit here and say uh, I'm a wizard or I can tell the future. I just happen to be very fortunate to pick Jimmy Johnson. I just Tam, I just felt it was inevitable. I just felt that once this guy just smelt blood, he was he was just gonna go in for the kill no matter what the cost was going to be. And um, he he did exactly what I thought he was going to do and not only have a good race, but he won the race. I was so happy for this guy, Tam. I kept watching the, the highlight over and over again. But uh, when you see it happening live as it's happening, you see Chad Knauss just kind of just kind of sit back in that chair and just literally like a, a huge sigh of relief. You see Jimmy Johnson going nuts in the car and you see his entire team celebrating on pit road as a huge fan of nascar that we are for me it was hard not to get emotional and and uh, i was just really really happy for the guy well he wasn't my top pick to win as we all know <laughs> i watched that race and i watched carl edwards do his thing and i was like yes and yes and then i was like what is happening right now oh boy I saw the slight tap from Joey Logano, and I guess it was Carl putting a block on him. And then next thing I know, they were down and out and into the wall. And then Joey kind of was still, he had damage, but he was still going. But Carl was done. And I was like, how tough was that to watch, Tam, as you watched that unfold? Honestly, I was 
depleted I mean defeated any kind of words you can think about like I really uh, in all honesty had to bring myself put myself together to watch the last 10 laps like it was really that serious to me and I don't know like I'm never that I don't know the word like I'm never that engaged in a race but for whatever reason I really was rooting for Carl to win like I it that was it for me I was like yes and not because I picked him to win. I just really felt that he deserved to win. I mean, I guess everybody deserved to win because they were there and on the track. But I really felt that everything was aligned for Carl. Like I thought about the fact that he lost the championship to Tony Stewart in 2011. Tony's retiring. The storyline to me was perfect. Yes, we dealt with Jimmy Johnson, six-time champion on the verge of becoming seven-time champion, tying the king and the intimidator, Kyle Busch, repeating as champion and putting the naysayers to bed and not just being what has been deemed a, a half a season champ, but a full season champ. And then, of course, Joey Logano, 26-year-old kid. I don't feel like we should continue to call him a kid because he is 26. That's an adult. Right. Everybody had a great storyline. But to me, Carl Edwards had a deserving storyline. Yeah, like It was his right. time. Carl won a few races during the season. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother conversation as to whether or not the chase format is right. We'll talk about that. But I just really, 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 really really, really was rooting for Carl. But it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, I think a lot of Carl Edwards fans and a lot of Joey Logano fans were just as disappointed as you guys were. I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if Carl Edwards fans and, and Joey Logano fans just got up and, <laughs> and headed for the exits right after that. But I'll, um, I'll but, tell you uh, one thing, hold that thought. Carl Edwards picked up thousands of fans, thousands of fans. He's a class act. and. Yeah. For him to go, regardless, because some people saying he didn't apologize, he just acknowledged that it was his fault. Whatever he said when he went to go, you know, up to Joy Logano's pit box does not make a difference because he clearly acknowledged that it was his fault and went about going to the care center. But the, the first of all, just for those who aren't on Twitter, Carl Edwards was actually a worldwide trending topic on Twitter. And yeah. that's amazing. That's freaking amazing considering that NASCAR never became a trending topic worldwide during the entire race. Yeah, how crazy is that, right? You know, I actually at one point tweeted from our account, hey, let's get NASCAR, hashtag NASCAR to become a trending topic, either hashtag NASCAR or hashtag the chase, but it never happened. But Carl Edwards became a trending topic. And I literally looked at probably 200 tweets about Carl Edwards and they were all positive. They all said something to the effect, this is a classy guy. There's no guy classier than Carl Edwards in NASCAR. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you on that, Tam. I thought uh, the way he handled that that entire situation was uh, just purely professional. I mean, it, even when you, when you watch Joey Logano's interview afterwards, I don't even think Joey Logano had a problem with that. 
I just think Joey Logano was just disappointed at the fact that he came in second because he did say that. He's like, man, it just sucks to be second. And uh, you could just see the disappointment in Joey Logano's face and his body language and, and his demeanor. All of these guys wanted to win, let, let's be honest. But uh, the, the way those two guys just got into each other, I just thought that the way that they uh, both handled it, especially Carl Edwards, Boy, that you're right. That was just nothing but pure class right there. And that that's what you like to see from uh, some of these athletes is just pure professionalism and sportsmanship. Renee, before we break down our top 10, as well as talk about where our championship four placed, I want to take a moment to talk about Kyle Larson. That young guy, I really, 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 really was hoping that he won the race. I thought he was going to win the race. I mean, I actually, I thought if Carl Edwards didn't win, it was going to be a non-chase driver. That's right. You, you did know? say that. Yeah. yeah, but it wasn't in the cars. I mean, maybe next year because I I was more disappointed for Kyle Larson than I was for any of our chase drivers. Because I was <laughs> like, this guy was like right there. <laughs> Right there and no cigar. But nonetheless, so let's break down our top 10 for Homestead. Of course, Jimmy Johnson, now we'll call him Mr. Seven Time, came in first. Kyle Larson, oh my goodness, second. Number three was Kevin Harvick. He was a name that we heard at the beginning, but then Carl Edwards kind of took over and he just kind of faded out. Joey Logano, despite the colliding with Carl yeah. Edwards, he still came in fourth. Jamie McMurray came in fifth. Number six was Kyle Busch. At number seven, my guy, Matt Kenseth. He still came home with a top 10, even though he didn't win, but he was in there. Okay, I got to just say this guy's name, loud and proud, A.J. Allmendinger. A.J. came in eighth. Like, A.J. quietly is doing his thing. And then there was Denny Hamlin at ninth. Maybe not like Casey Kane, but he is quietly doing his thing. (laughs) Well, no, Casey Kane didn't even. I think Casey Kane came in like 35th or something. He was not. He was at the back of the pack. Yeah. Denny Hamlin came in ninth, and McDowell came in 10th. That's a name we don't call. And our chase drivers, we've already read three of those names. That was Jimmy first, Logano fourth, Kyle Busch sixth, and our Carl Edwards, or my Carl Edwards, came in 34th. Wow. I mean, to be leading the race with 10 laps to go and you can smell the championship. Yeah. You can taste it. You can feel it. You can touch it. And to come in 34th, that's crazy. I think that's probably why it was just so disappointing in the way that it ended for Carl Edwards. You know what I mean? It was like somebody robbed me. Like, I just felt defeated. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I definitely was a little bit more emotional than I expected to be. Like, I just felt like a tire and somebody let the air out. Like, I was just done. Well, life goes on. That's just what it is. Let's really quick, since we gave you our top 10 at Homestead, we also told you where our championship four place It's our last episode of the season, so we have to give you a Fantastic Four update. As we mentioned, Kyle Larson came in second. Chase Elliott was just shy of the top 10 and came in 11th. Austin Dillon came in 12th, and Ryan Blaney, he didn't really finish his season as strong as I thought he would, but he came in 26th. And our honorary member, kind of like our fifth 
Fantastic Four member. And I know that sounds crazy, but yes, we have our Fantastic Four. And then we have an honorary fifth member who is Chris Busher. Chris came in 24th. So that's pretty much what all our drivers did. So I have a question for you, Renee. What do you think about the chase format? Should there be some changes? You know, you had a guy like Brad Keselowski who won a few races this season, but wasn't in the last round. You had a guy like Carl Edwards who won a few races who was knocked out. So what do you think about the chase format? You know, um, and I keep going back to that that comment that that we've been talking about uh, every every so often of how the way that this format is built. How does a guy like Brad Keselowski, regardless of his reputation, like how does a guy like that win X amount of races and is not able to get all the way at least to Homestead? The the answer, Tam, is for me is honestly is I I don't know. Like I don't know what the answer is here. Like I I don't I'm not sure exactly if you're ever going to be able to fix it to where NASCAR fans are going to be accepting uh, to any anything. There's always going to be something that I think fans aren't going to like. Then there's going to be some things that the fans are going to like. I think that the way that, that it's set up right now, and, and let's be honest, when we talked about this uh, even before we started the, the show today, Kislowski is pretty, he's been pretty uh, vocal about how he's not even a fan of, of the format it, the, of the way it is now. Um, even though that he won, he won it the first year that it was incorporated. I think that obviously goes without saying, but um, I, I don't know what the answer is. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm certainly glad that I, I don't have to be on a panel where, you know, you, you have to come up with an answer. But uh, I'm okay with the way that it is right now. I guess maybe I'm just kind of already used to the way that it, it's playing out. I kind of maybe like the way that it built up drama and I mean obviously the drama is kind of what makes it even a little bit more interesting but uh, honestly just like I said though I'm not sure what the answer is though Tam I really don't well I feel like fans don't either but we did a poll and of course our polls are unscientific because we just asked the question on Twitter and let our people on Twitter our Twitter followers vote and the question was very simple do you like the current chase format 76 percent said no 21% said yes and a measly 3% of you said that's just racing so clearly (laughs) from the fans that we polled they don't like it now my opinion of it is I'm indifferent I don't think I like it but it doesn't bother me but I do feel like there should be some type of reward for the champion in terms of season champion who won the most races Who came in top 10, top five? Because you think about it for what it is, you can have a driver essentially who didn't win a race the entire season, get hot, make the chase based on points, and really, you can really have a driver who does not win a single race make it through the chase. If you think about it, because like I started to say, you can have a driver who gets hot, makes it to the chase based on points. Then maybe get out the first round based on points. Then maybe get out the second round based on points. Go on and on, get to the championship, and really win the title without coming in first place in any race. So again, I'm a little indifferent on that. Yeah, well, maybe there there could be some kind of way that you could give like uh, that particular driver who has uh, maybe won the most races at the end of the season some kind of advantage like. Maybe you can solidify him uh, at least through the first couple of rounds. 
I don't know if that that makes any sense, but uh, I mean, because if you look at a lot of the way that the sports playoffs are handled, I mean, there's still a lot of people in baseball who don't agree with of how that playoff format is, or, or at least when it gets down to the World Series. I mean, the team with the best you know record in baseball at the end of it in the World Series doesn't necessarily have home field advantage. It, of course, it, it all depends on who won the All Star game, and 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 people aren't you know still aren't happy with that. I mean, in basketball, you, you you have here's a sport where you you go to a five game series in the beginning, but anybody knows that the best team gets to have the home court advantage, so the weaker team has to go there and play. Now, of course, anything can happen in a five seven game series, but there has to be some kind of way where whoever won the most races at the end of the season, maybe we can find a way to get that particular driver some kind of an, an advantage. I mean, I know there's no home field or home track advantage in that sport, but don't you think maybe there could be something to that effect? I don't know. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. And it's actually interesting that you mentioned that because there was an article that was published yesterday or earlier today that mm -hmm. spoke to that very point about NASCAR considering awarding some type of bonus points to maybe right. the regular season uh, winner in terms of races and points. But nonetheless, you know, it's a system that has its flaws, but is yeah. it broke and we need to fix it? I don't know. That's a question for NASCAR. Yeah. Who knows? Well, I guess, uh, what, what haven't we talked about? Let's, well, I guess drivers talk. Let's talk about now that the season is over, how about one of our Fantastic Four winning Rookie of the Year and none other than the 24, the young buck Chase Elliott coming away with the Rookie of the Year. How about that? Ow. Well, you know, when I interviewed Chase earlier this year, and by the way, and by the way, that interview can be found on our website, at least a portion of it, because I did the interview for another men's lifestyle website, but I posted some of it on All Turns No Breaks. I told Chase he was going to make the chase, and I told him he was going to become Sonny Cole Rookie of the Year. He is deserving of that. Although I did see someone make a comment and said that he doesn't deserve to be Rookie of the Year. And I was thinking to myself, NASCAR fans are just disgruntled and always have something to say. Because you can't explain to me why he doesn't deserve to be Rookie of the Year. What rookie this year did better than him aside from Chris Buescher who won one race? Yeah. And granted, Chase didn't win a race, but Chase outdid Chris Buescher with the sheer amount of top fives and top tens that he had. Yeah. I'm happy for that kid. I tell you that. I think it, it was well-deserved. Gosh, man, it, it's hard to uh, look at, at him and Chris Buescher and go, well, Chris Buescher kind of deserved it because he actually won a race. I'm with you. I, I just think overall throughout the whole entire season, Chase Elliott just... He'd been a better driver than Chris Buescher. And, and, and I mean, I would imagine that that'd be a tough comment to disagree with with any NASCAR fan that really, you know, watched these two race car drivers during the year. Yeah. You know, Renee, speaking of Rookie of the Year, let's talk about Daniel Suarez. And no, he's not Rookie of the Year, but I guarantee he's going to be Rookie of the Year when he makes the step up to Cup. <laughs> yes, he will. And how about a, how about a, a round of just, respect for this this young kid i mean first of all daniel suarez 24 years old and only two years two not 12 not 10 just 
two years into a NASCAR Xfinity Series career. This guy, and, and by the way, the first Mexican-born driver to win a NASCAR Xfinity Series race and championship. How awesome that is. Now, me being Mexican-American myself, I can't begin to tell you how just excited and happy I am for this guy. It, it, it's it's amazing. And I really honestly hope, because I know we talked about this during the year in, in some of our earlier podcasts, Tam, but I really hope that by him winning, I really hope that that really helps bring a lot more attention from the Mexican community and the, the Mexican people to really appreciate the sport of NASCAR. I really do. I tweeted from my personal Twitter account. And if you guys aren't following me, I'm at I am sincerely Tam. I tweeted that I was so excited and so happy for Daniel Suarez, but I also made a point to add can't wait for Bubba Wallace to show up. Yes. Bubba's next. Again, we are African-American and Mexican-American talking about NASCAR. I don't think that I root for Bubba or for Daniel because they're Hispanic or that Bubba's African-American. I do and will say I do have an appreciation for that. But I root for both of them because they're great drivers. And I just think Bubba has an outstanding personality and that he's great for NASCAR. And I want to see him succeed for that simple fact. And two, I think it'll help further the sport. But I think it's awesome that Daniel Suarez is a Mexican who broke in and broke out and showed out with NASCAR. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, because I think what's even more awesome is the fact that most kids when they're growing up, don't have a, especially being, you know, Mexican born in in Mexico, they're not known to have dreams to want to be a NASCAR driver. It's usually like, you know, soccer or uh, Mexican football, if you will, uh, or American football or baseball or something of that nature. NASCAR, I mean, and then the fact that this guy had a dream and he made it a reality is just even that much more impressive. So once again, congratulations to Daniel Suarez at 24, winning that championship. This is downright awesome, girl. Yes. I'm going to jump around a little bit because since we are on the topic of diversity, we must address Brian France press conference where he, you know, was faced with some questions about the state of NASCAR. He, he almost was like a tennis racket he was deflecting questions and doing his thing and one thing that was I was a little bit disappointed about I guess I shouldn't say disappointed because it wasn't really the time or the place to Mm -hmm. announce the next title sponsor for NASCAR but it's like geez when are we gonna get an answer so we know what's going on the conference was supposed to last at least half an hour, and I think it only lasted like a little little over yeah, 15 like, minutes. Yes, yeah, I think it was <laughs> 17, 18 minutes. I understand it wasn't the time or place to announce the NASCAR sponsor because you don't want such a large announcement or big announcement to overshadow the championship. But I, I mean, damn it, I want answers, and I want them this week. I feel like we should not have to wait another week to find out who is going to be NASCAR title sponsor. But with that being said, and and we're not going to get political, but I feel like we need to address this. There was a lot of discussion about Brian France endorsing Donald Trump and having someone like a Daniel Suarez in the series who's Mexican and how can you support Trump if you who wants to build a wall, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. You know, it is what it is. I don't want to go too deep into it. But what I found interesting 
and many people pointed out and there were many articles written on very major NASCAR outlets or news outlets that talk about NASCAR. He seemed to have deflected the reporter's question when it came up about Trump. I personally was not upset because again, just like how I literally two minutes ago said I I don't want to talk about politics. I think that Bill realized that what he did by endorsing Trump publicly may have not been the best ideal. So I think moving forward, he's going to kind of keep his comments about everything to himself. I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, it was interesting because he definitely was deflecting questions. Like he, it was like he was a tennis racket and they was throwing tennis balls at him and he was bouncing them back and forth. Yeah, he was know? playing dodgeball, wasn't he? He was, <laughs> yeah. he was trying to dodge those questions like crazy. The state of NASCAR is to be determined at this point. I'm not sure what the ratings were for that last race, but... Again, I was a little disappointed that I didn't see NASCAR, hashtag NASCAR, hashtag the chase, or even hashtag racing or hashtag seven for that matter. Um, or excuse me, the other hashtag was always racing, which was smoke or Tony Stewart's hashtag. I was a little disappointed that I did not see any of the NASCAR official hashtags trending on Twitter, but I was very happy when I saw Carl Edwards name trending. So I don't know if that's any indication of the viewership, but the state of NASCAR is pretty to be determined, I would say. I don't know. It's it's still a lot of questions. Yeah, there is a lot of questions that need to be answered. And I think there's a lot of things that need to be discussed. I think you're right, you know, and that's why I'm hoping that whatever the case may be when it comes to Brian France and other NASCAR officials get together and they try to figure out what they could do with this whole chase thing and Daniel Suarez winning and, and all of these things coming together. I hope some kind of way they create more of a fan base in any way possible. They need to do that. And hopefully, you know, next year they can come up with something that will at least make most people happy. I mean, you're not going to make everybody happy, Tam. Let's let's be honest. I mean, that goes with anything in life. But, you know, maybe they can come up with something and uh, just kind of help this sport kind of move along and, and create more of a fan base in any which way that they can. You hit it on the nail, Renee. You are not going to be able to make everybody happy. And that's just the way it goes with NASCAR. One thing... Speaking of Brian France, there was a tweet from, I don't know if you know about this account, Drunken Brian France. It's like a parody account. No, I don't think I saw that. Okay, well, the Drunken Brian France actually tweeted, which was hilarious. He tweeted earlier today, enjoying the annual quote, that's it. I'm done with NASCAR forever tweets, unquote. Okay, see you in Daytona, you liars. <laughs> <laughs> because that's just the sum of it. NASCAR fans, all we do is complain and critique and have a lot to say. But we'll be there bright yeah. and early when Daytona starts, watching either the boob tube or down there tailgating. I know, you know, that just, uh, you know, I do that with the Cowboys for crying out loud. You know, they, they, they'll they lose two, three games in a row. And I'm like, all right, I'm done with the Cowboys. Come Sunday, I'm right back going to watch them one more time. <laughs> Speaking of done, because you guys know I love to make transitions. Clint Boyer is done with his temporary team 
Because yeah. he was only there for one year, and he is now going over to Stuart Haas, and he's going to be in the number 14. Yes, he is. That's right. He's only taken uh, one number down a step from uh, what he was racing. He was, do he was in the number 15. Now he's going to the 14. And Tam probably couldn't have picked a better dude, right? I mean, come on. I mean, it's Clint Boyer. Why not that guy, you know, to take over for Smoke? And we can't even call him Mr. Five-Hour Energy Drink anymore because <laughs> he will no longer be with there. He actually tweeted out something really nice just thanking the five-hour energy team for all they've done and you know just saying thank you and i was like oh my god clint is no longer gonna be mr five-hour energy drink i mean he's going to a new team so he has no excuse and one other person that's leaving their team is greg biffle he's actually leaving rouse which is crazy to me because he's been there almost 20 years but you know this is how the sport goes We'll see what happens. One thing we'll talk about, I'm sure, when the season starts is hopefully Alex Bowman. With all the changes, maybe he'll get picked up by a team. Yeah, and you know what? I'm just going to throw this out there because I'm a big believer in this, that sometimes people just need a little bit of a of a change when they have just a moment of where their career is just a little stagnant. And I, for one, next year, because of these changes of the teams that they're changing, I'm looking for Clint Boyer and Greg Biffle to have a really bounce back season next year. I, I honestly believe that. Greg Biffle has to get on the team first. Well, that's true. Yes, he does have to get on the team. But uh, I believe whatever team picks him up, and I'm sure that he'll get picked up. I look for both of those guys to have uh, have really good seasons for next year, at least way better than what they had this year. Well, we shall see. So let's talk a little bit about fans. Let's go into our fan comment of the week, which is our last fan comment for the season. Because the season is officially over, if you didn't know. Now you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this comment comes from twitter it comes from max goldman and his username is at jeremy tackett that's t-a-c-k-e-t-t -T -T. and that's jeremy with a j j-e-r-a-m-y-t-a-c-k-e-t-t -T. he writes you shouldn't even compare the king with the intimidator all three great in their own time in history let it go wow he told us to let it go because that was actually in response to a twitter poll that we posted that read although jimmy johnson is now a seven-time champion can and should we compare him to the king and the intimidator hashtag nascar hashtag the chase so he told us to let it go. Well, now, hmm. you want to know if we should let it go and what other fans think? Believe it or not, 50% said yes and 50% said no. Oh, As cut down in, the middle. Yeah, it was straight down the middle. 50% said, no, you can't compare them. And 50% said, yes, you can compare them. My take on it, and, you know, I've heard a lot of commentary and I've read a lot of articles. And even Richard Petty, the king himself, has something to say about it and said that, you know, they're different eras. I don't think you can compare them 
But I say that not necessarily in a good way. It's just different racing. It's different. It's, I'm not saying Jimmy had it easier, but maybe he did. I don't know. It's just a different era. Like, so it's, I'm split down the middle. So I don't, I feel like you can compare them, but you can't and you should. So I well, don't know about that one. What do you I think, can, Renee? I can personally understand the fan comment uh, and the person who uh, made the comment. You can just compare that to anything. I mean, it's just like people going, well, Bill Russell was better than Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan was better than Kobe Bryant or LeBron James. Uh, you know, I understand that those are those are all completely different players and all completely different eras. I totally get it. It's just one of those things where you just you try to break it down to compare them, but then you really can't because you're right. All three of them are from completely different eras. But I think in the end, if you if you were to ask all three of them individually, I think they would you know respect each one of the other and which i'm sure that they do but let's be honest there's only three of them that have won seven championships and that alone just is speaks volumes and just stands out by itself so uh either way it goes i completely understand with the fan i completely understand his comment uh, but you know the fact that it's 50 50 that just kind of goes to show you you know people are just kind of on the fence then they can go either way I'll leave you with this question. If Jimmy wins eight, would you consider him the greatest? Ooh, boy. You're really going to be stepping on some toes with some... And that's just my whole point with about some Richard the comparison Petty thing. Because technically, if Jimmy becomes an eight-time champion, that should make him better and the greatest. True. Me, that should make him better than the King as well as Dale Sr., the Intimidator. But the reality is, is that nobody will ever say that. And this goes to my point about comparing. Oh, and you see, but then you run into the argument that people are going to come up with and they're going to say, just like what you just alluded to a few minutes ago, did Jimmy Johnson have it easier because the racing style is different than what it was back when Richard Petty was driving or the Intimidator was driving? I mean, it, it, it goes back to some people say Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time. Well, some people are going to tell you Joe Montana was the best quarterback of all time. Well, no, Brady's got more championships or whoever has more championships. That doesn't matter because then you run into the argument of the game has changed and so-and-so had it easier or so-and-so had it harder. So that makes him the better athlete in that particular sport. That opens up so many cans of worms, Tim. <laughs> I mean, it's a great argument. Don't get me wrong. Heck, it might even be a good uh, poll question on the way out for us. You know, you never know. We'll leave it at that because I feel like this is a never-ending debate. <laughs> so lastly, since we don't have any predictions because the season is over, again, if you don't know, hello, the season is over. We have a champion. He's now a seven-time champion in Jimmy Johnson. Well, instead of talking about our predictions, I thought that we would leave our listeners with one final thought or comment on the season. Renee, what do you have to say? Well, I would like to say that uh, I thought that this was one of the better seasons that I was able to really enjoy because I, I think I was a little bit more focused on watching the races a lot more than I uh, ever have. I really hate that the season kind of comes down, but I'm also glad that it's over because of, of the fact of the, I don't think people really understand how grueling it is over the season to come up. And not that I don't like doing the podcast, but uh, you know, when you, when you realize how a, 
much work is involved in and you do a lot more work than I do Tam so I know if I'm exhausted I know you got to be completely <laughs> exhausted you've been running on fumes uh <laughs> with no pit stop but I just want to take the, this moment to thank all the fans and all the newer fans that we've had this season who have tuned in to All Turns No Breaks I appreciate your support uh, I appreciate you guys listening in we appreciate your feedback whether it's negative or positive either way it goes a reaction is better than no reaction to us because we rely on you guys to uh, connect with us. We rely on you guys to communicate with us. And uh, we love the fact that you uh, are a fan of All Turns No Breaks. And we hope that next year that you will turn more people on, your friends, your families who are friends of NASCAR, who are fans of NASCAR, I should say, and have them tune in to All Turns No Breaks. So with that being said, I just want to thank all of you guys out there who are fans of All Turns No Breaks. Thank you for listening. And I really do appreciate your support. I just want to echo everything that Renee just said. My final thought of the season is thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate your comments. We appreciate your interaction, especially your interaction. I, I just want to actually take a moment to thank some of our listeners and some of our loyal Twitter folk, as I like to call them. I want to give a shout to Angela on Twitter. She knows who she is. She retweets everything. She comments on everything. Shouts to Marcus, who has actually been our listener since day one. Shouts to Don, who actually had me on his podcast to talk about the Daytona 500 at the beginning of the season. Shouts to Sherwin who listens to the show and comments on our Twitter feed. Who else am I missing? Kurt English. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. I think I got everybody else. You know, there's Renee, Kenneth Leaf, uh, who's at Front Row Kenny. It's a bunch of people. And these people, some of them are new, but for the most part, a few of them have been with us since day one. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, I can go on. Thank you for listening to the show. And I guess my final thought, I thought it was a great season, but I think it's more to come. Oh, yeah. There definitely oh. is way more to come. And one thing I would like to say is I made a mistake last week, and of course, one of our listeners pointed it out, so thank you. And the mistake was, I proposed the question, what if Rick Hendrick had a 15? And apparently, you can't have a 15. So just keep in mind, you guys, we will make mistakes because we are fans, and we don't know everything. Although we know a lot, but you know, who can keep up with NASCAR's forever changing rules? <laughs> I'm going to blame and it on that. <laughs> I know. I will say this, Tim, as we uh, uh, head on out and we depart here as well, I'd like to most importantly thank you for putting up with me. And I don't think I'd like to just let our fans know that usually sometimes when we record our podcast, sometimes it is Tam that has to put it together. Uh, we also have another person that helps us put it together. I also want to thank that, that particular individual as well. Uh, he knows who he is, but uh, I really appreciate you, Tam, and the fact that you put up with me. And I just want to say thank you. And uh, I, I'm I'm really going to miss you, but we are going to be back next year. And hopefully we have some better things to come and we look forward to next year as well. Yes, so thank you we again, we do Tam. have some better things. Now, thank you, for Renee, for being a great co-host. And just one thing I'm going to drop off before we say our closing. This is not the last show. We've been for the last five minutes saying thank you, goodbye, farewell. No, we're coming back. 
Oh, yeah. Believe that. We're coming back. We're just signing off for this season. We may be back because we're actually headed to Las Vegas for Champions Week. So we may Mm -hmm. be back for that. But aside from that, we won't be back until... The beginning of February, hopefully, we'll be down in Daytona for Media Day. For Daytona, for Media Day. So, we'll be back for that. So, we're going to do something a little bit different this show. Because this is our 29th show and it's our last show of the season. I'm going to say bye-bye and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Turns No Breaks. And Renee is going to say what I usually say each week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 